And we are back. It's another episode of Joel Cupcake Unedited with your boy. It's me, your host. The, I mean, the host, I guess. Joel Cupcake. How are we doing, everybody? Thanks for the patience with the break. Took the week off because the election was important. Uh, it doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum you're on or even if you choose to abstain from it. Uh, it was still important for America and society and, you know, the world is seeing we are supposed to be the leaders of the free world or whatever the fuck the stupid political saying is. So I took the time off. It was tight. Uh, I'm well rested. Uh, I am reset. My brain is slightly more sharp than it was. I've had a decent amount of tequila the last couple of days, and I'm fucking happy about it. Um, anyways, have a sick guest today. My guest and I have been friends since 2004, which I believe officially makes him the person I've known the longest that I have ever had on the fucking show. So I'm sure he remembers some real fucking stupid, interesting things about me that I'm excited to get him to share. Uh, before I bring him on in, I just want to thank all of you for checking out the show, for supporting. Um, I super fucking appreciate it. Um, you know, this is my way of staying sane during COVID and everything going on. I know political stuff gets brought up. I know other shit gets brought up. Uh, I don't know why some of you still listen to me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate the support and the love and just everything. Uh, Bowie's joining us for today's episode. She's laying here in the corner in her Dior sweater that uh, Trina's mom got her. She's fucking adorable. Uh, she hates the sweater, so she's a little mad at me right now, but I don't want her to be cold, and she's cute, so fuck it. Anyways, here we go. Greg Hampton, my fucking man. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I am great, brother. I'm even better now that I'm seeing that fucking smiling face, dude. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it's good, man. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been Dude, a crazy year. So. Is, both of those things are indeed really fucking correct. Yeah, it's just been like January was cool, dude, and then it was like end of February. Like it, this year is on some next level shit. That's like what everybody's been saying. It's just yeah, it's just one thing after the other, dude. And then now it's. At least the election's over. I mean, I'm sure that's going to help out with a lot of people's anxiety. And, oh, God, yeah. Like, I was, I was at the point where I was like, dude, let's just find out who won. And let, let's dude, do it. you know what? Same with me. It was, like, so close. I was like, it could go either way, honestly. Like, you know, I don't know what side of the election you stand on. And I'm, that's not important. But, like, you know, the people that agree with Trump and their opinionated, their opinions, and unfortunately a lot, some of them were were racist, you know, they're, they're more outspoken and they're, they're less afraid to be themselves, which, which is good. I mean, hey, in some cool. respect is good. Yes. I mean, if you want to, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, speaking your mind. I mean, sometimes you exactly. should know <laughs> kind of what to say when not. Yeah. And sometimes you it. should know what is or like, you know, like as a, as a kid, like one of the things my parents really tried to te teach me was like the difference between right and wrong. You know, yeah. um, which I wish more parents had the foresight to teach their kids that. But either way, you know, people's voices, they spoke, they were heard. Biggest election ever. Yeah. Uh, you know. like the, the highest voter turnout in like 120 years. Or I don't know if that's accurate. I could have sworn I saw I don't something. Know. Like I know that no Biden, no, no amount of people have ever voted more for a leader than they did for Biden. It's, dude, it's weird, man. Like I... And for me personally, I mean, I don't really care. Like, I'm, 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 I'm independent, but I lean more left, obviously. And I, uh, and I honestly, you know, I honestly thought Trump was going to take it. Like, I was telling everybody, like, ah, I think he's going to get it. I mean, doesn't yeah. 
like I said, it's if I don't care if people vote for him, you know, that that's that's their yeah. prerogative. If if that's you know, if he if they're voting like, hey, I agree with his policies, cool, you know, that that's yeah. you know, why we have this party system, you know, mm -hmm. how fucked up it is, you know, like we have it, and it's it's like I said, dude, I'm the thing that's the two things that stood out to me was if you look at like the population by voting all the big 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 like populated regions of the country voted blue or, or most yeah. of them which is funny because because all of the like with all the riots and everything going on based around everything with black lives matter and yeah. the other political and social issues that our company has been facing company, yeah i don't want to say company um, <laughs> facing, um you know like it's pretty crazy that like those cities have been affected the most so obviously those cities do not appreciate the way trump handled whatever he he did or, or maybe didn't handle you know what i mean and it was funny because that was actually the one thing i and all the debates i i was always really disappointed in both parties on the, when, oh, the, yeah, yeah. when the racism question came up like like neither of them was good with it you know what i mean yeah they were those debates were kind of a shit show, man. It was like really embarrassing. Like all, like, like it's like I was telling you, you know, before the podcast, like I don't really use social media that much right. anymore. I don't have Instagram anymore, but like the things I see on, on Facebook and it's, you know, somebody made a post in one of these record groups I follow. Yeah. And, you know, someone was like, Hey, you know, music is silent. Like with all the stuff that's going on in the country, like what do people in, you know, foreign nations, how, like, how are they looking at it? And, I, unfortunately, like a lot of the stuff I was like seeing and hearing, everyone was talking about like, dude, what the hell's going on? That was like, like, like you know, like what the hell's going on over there in the states? And we're like, dude, we don't know either, man. Like, it's been a weird ass year. So, dude, it, fucking it's, seriously, dude. It's, like, like, it was just one thing like after the other, man. And then you know, and because of you know, since I'm diabetic, you know, I have to watch myself, you know, and my dad, you know, he. A quadruple risk so yeah. he's my dad's 75 um he is still recovering you know from he's been in remission six months from his cancer luckily you know from his lung yeah. cancer congratulations but, by the way i know thank you. yeah it was yeah, but still that's awesome but yeah like he had to get like half of his lung half his right lung cut out and then this the they had to like go into like his ribs and like break a couple of his ribs to get in there and so the surgery oh. leaves very painful and a long recovery process and yeah but now he's sick man he's been in remission for like i said six months and so he has a lot of stuff going against him so i unfortunately yeah. i only try to see him like once every couple of weeks and unfortunately when i do it's very limited time you know because i'm already high risk as it is i mean luckily i've been cool like i got sick a couple times and one time I actually thought I might've had it and I got tested and like quarantined myself for a few days. And yeah, 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 yeah. Scary, dude, especially, you know, when you're, like I said, me, I'm, I get sick really easy. My immune system sucks, yeah. dude. So, yes, it does. Quite, yes. Yeah. I've known you long enough to know that that's the truth. So. Oh yeah. It's, but you know, it's, it's just been whatever, dude. And like, I just, I feel terrible for, you know, people uh, in the music industry, you know, not just, the bands for obvious reasons, but, you know, promote like promoters like yourself and, and, you know, like you know, working agents, this, that, and the other, yeah. like that's their, that's their livelihood. And you no, know? and it's just there, there's like, bam, 
just like a big like like they used to say on lamb goat all the time the band hammer dude there's like a big band hammers dude on on the freaking uh yeah, dude. music and and i was like dude like that's just cra- it's just so weird to me that there's no shows yeah like unless you're in trapped or smash mouth i, I, I don't know but i mean <laughs> you know i mean I mean, they got to play. I mean, they got to play. So, I mean, hey, I mean, yeah. I guess better than nothing, even though a bunch of people. I mean, it's better than nothing, but I do like, so I understand. I, I think it's funny. Like, you know, this will be my, this will be our last political point, and then we'll actually get to the regular <laughs> show. I think it's funny that all these people that were like, fuck wearing masks, fuck Corona, it's fake, this, that, the other thing, when it was the state's decision on how to handle coronavirus, they were all like, fuck yeah. Like, this is, there's <laughs> no way this could be Trump's fault. Like, my state rules, your state sucks, blah, 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 blah. And then now with the election, every state's mail-in, early registration, and day of registration voting laws, every single state is different. Yeah. And those same people that were like, fuck yeah, state's right, are like, what, why is this hard? What, 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 what's the confusion here? And I'm like, dude, it, like, you're a state's rights person. Like, how do you not understand that Every state, obviously, within federal guidelines, they choose how their mail-in ballot and all that stuff. They they figure out how it operates. Like, yeah. so if you want the feds to control that, but you don't want the feds to control when someone tells you you're putting other people at a health risk, like you go yeah. fuck yourself. You know and what I mean? I think also too, it's it's you know it's like what we were talking about. It's like it's the like a huge voter turnout, so they're going to have more votes. There's more people voting now than there ever was. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to take a long time. I mean, should it have taken this long? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a political scientist. Who fucking knows? I don't don't fucking know. So, yeah. Well, (laughs) and the thing that's funny to me is like when they were like, how are there suddenly all these fucking votes for Biden? It's like, dude, like Trump literally told people don't do voting by mail. It's fraud. It's all this stuff. It's not safe. So, of course, most of the votes that came in that way, like it's common sense to me. You know what I mean? Regardless yeah. of how I do, I don't feel about Trump. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, okay. Yeah, so I've always, I've always done like absentee or whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah exactly. Yeah. I voted the last election was the last time I voted in person. I've always done absentee. Mm-hmm. Like it's so, but of course, like one side of the party is not going to, or one of the parties, I should say, whatever. I fucking hate this party system nonsense. But of course, like one side's going to get way less votes because that side said, don't do it this way. So I don't understand, like, the, what everybody being surprised and fucking QQing all over the internet. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> tears that taste so great everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, like, it, it's this whole thing is just so goofy, dude. It's just like, thank you. I was getting to the, I do, I was literally getting to the point where I was like, dude, I don't care who wins. Let's just, we got to get everybody together, dude. And a lot of, that's not, it's going to be a long time before that happens, especially with all this, all this closet racist shit that's come out with people, dude. It's going to be a while before, because people are always like, oh yeah, we got to work together regardless of our beliefs. But it's like, dude, if you're a, you know, person of color and you're like, why am I going to work with this person when this person said something like, like, you know, I've been dating a person of color over two years. Yeah. And and treat you know Trina's Italian, so she's kind of a personal color. She's Italian and she's yeah. Dominican. And Dominican. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, I've been dating a person of color, you know, because she's Latina. So it's like over you know two years. It's like, dude, I'm racist. Shit just makes me more mad now. Than yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, like, like I have most of Pinup. Most of Pinup is Hispanic. 
Yeah, and it's the people that work work for me are like. I mean, we have a couple of people that legitimately are from Mexico. Like, I don't mean like Mexican Americans. Like, like you yeah. know, Frankie yeah. and some of those people. They're like from Mexico. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, exactly. so you know, so it's like we have some people like that. I mean, you remember the place I used to live at up up in the Bay? Like, my roommate was a black guy. Was, oh, yeah, a, yeah. was a gay black guy. Was a gay like you know what I mean? Yeah. So like when I hear, especially when it's like gay rights, trans rights, and all the racism and, stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, this shit, like, right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I talked to a couple people, and I was like, honestly, like, in my opinion, like, it's not even a red versus blue thing. It's just a, like, America needs to make a statement that this, this, the, the misogynistic nonsense, the yeah. homophobic and transphobic stuff, and the racism, it, just, it has to go, like, it, and it's for, like, the thing is, it's like, even if you don't understand, like, a lot of the trans everything yes. i don't i don't understand a lot of it and you know what i'm not going to because i'm not a transgender person but it's not affecting me at all i could like you want to do that that's fine dude i don't yeah. care like it's just like it doesn't bother me at all it's just like i'm i'm, I'm doing fine you know like yeah. I, I don't care what you gender you want to be like cool mm-hmm. man do your thing like i'm not like i, like I said i'm not Exactly. I really don't understand because that's just not, you know, I'm a straight male, you know, it's like, I'm never yeah. going to understand that. And that's fine. You but know, you're not like, you're not hating, you know what I mean? Oh, you're yeah. not like, exactly. Like, they're, they're that, like that, you know? Yeah. It's funny to me. Cause like, I don't, I don't know a lot about, you know, the culture and a lot of the stuff. So mm-hmm. Trina has a lot of like queer friends in the community yeah. and she's, so she's been educating me a lot. I mean, I have some gay friends, yeah. but like, and then I found out recently that like a couple girls that have been coming to pin up shows for the last like two years, are trans like they they were well, not always women and i literally i had would not never have known and like that's but that's i feel like that's what they want they want to just be treated like they're women who cares if they didn't they weren't always a woman exactly. and i'm like and in my head and in my head i'm like okay that's easy to understand yeah, it's, what's the what's the problem here it's like, like kind of like reverting back to what we were talking about before we started the podcast like you said you're you were raised to treat people with respect and like yeah. I like see. I grew up in South. Like I grew yeah. up in Texas until I like I lived there until I was eleven. And my mom and dad are not from the South, but you know that's where you know my dad was stationed because he's you know ex ex Air Force, yeah. and we were stationed out in Dallas Fort Worth. And they rate like the way they were raising me. Like they were like, hey, it doesn't who doesn't matter if you know you're a man, a woman. Like if you're, I didn't even know what gay stuff was back then. Yeah. You know because kid you know like oh okay you know whatever or like racist stuff like like it, it didn't occur to me because i wasn't raised to see uh, i'm oh. not gonna say see color because that's that a lot of people don't like when, when, I know, when people I know. say that but like i was well, apparently, apparently now it's it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a neutral i don't know like i've been corrected for saying people of color in regards no, to the black lives no, matter no. movement because people are like no, like they're black people, and that's who's being ostracized. I'm like, you know, and I'm like, okay. yeah. like, and so I was raised, you know, like I said, my mom was like, it's like, doesn't matter, like, you know, if you know they're man, woman, gay, straight, yeah. doesn't matter what race they are. It's like we're all the same person. We just come exactly. from different world, you know. And I was raised that way. And I remember, like, when I moved out, unfortunately, I moved when I moved out to California before I, I lived here in Bakersfield. I uh, grew up in a little mountain town, you know, you know, Tashby, and. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I went to a birthday party and this guy had, I'm not going to mention their names, but they were very racist names for these bunnies. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, 
you know, because I was raised that like it doesn't matter. Everybody's cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. Guy is like making derogatory names for like for his rabbits. I was like, come on, dude. Like, I never talked to that guy again. Like, yeah, yeah. To some people, and you know what that bumps me out because I think to Hatch P, like whenever we drive through, I'm like, yo, this city's fucking cute. Oh, man. dude, it, I I miss it a lot, man. Like, I mean, especially I feel, living in the mountains and the hills in Hatch P would be wonderful, dude. You no, know, yeah, and like that's where I lived was in was in Golden Hills. Like I didn't live up in the okay. mountains the Bear Valley, uh, Stallion Springs area. Like I had a bunch of friends that lived out there, but I, I lived in the Golden Hills area. And it's that whole town is, is it's, it is pretty conservative, just like Bakersfield, but it's, it's like a, it's a beautiful town, dude. Like I miss the, the weather, you know, like, you know, unfortunately here in the Valley, it's very smoggy. So you don't get to see yes. a lot of, a lot of, yeah, you have, you have armpit weather cause you're the armpit of California. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, but, but in Tashby, it's like, dude, you're 4,000 feet up and, you get to see all the stars and it's like, you can go camping in the mountains, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I miss it. And like my buddy, Mike and I used to book shows there. Um, we were doing something, he called it uh scene sucks booking. And uh, he was doing it like a couple years, I think from when I was like 18, 19 and 20. Yeah. And, and like, I remember we booked suicide silence before they got signed. They just had their little EP out and we booked him at the rec center. And that thing was, dude, that was nuts. And I remember it was a Sunday night, yeah, school night. And it was panned. Like, this is before, like, you know, Suicide House was on Century Media. This is when they had just put out. Um, just the, the self-titled EP, right? The EP, yeah, yeah. And, like, and then they just, like, blew up. Like, and Mike and I were so stoked that we booked them. And then, like, everybody at school the next day had suicide silence shirts and a lot of them got sent home because it said suicide on it. And then I remember when we booked Alicia or however the hell you want to say their name. Elijah. Elijah, Elijah. I think it's Elijah if I remember, if my old brain serves me correctly. I heard Zach say, we're Alicia. So it doesn't, but I remember, dude, like I had their, they had the the, the four song demo with Triumph and Incinerate and stuff like that. I was like, dude, look at these, these guys are fucking sick, man. We got to book these guys. And it was, it was that was fun, dude. Like, yeah, like those old shows and like I miss those days, man. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, I miss those days. Like, my uh, my Mike and I were actually talking about that the other day. Freaking, it's it's cold here. Sorry, even it's cold in the valley. Oh, you're, you're, dude, I'm wearing a fucking vest, bro. Like, <laughs> we're we're having a coastal cold front. I had like a fucking weather warning yesterday. No, dude, it's snowing in Tashby right now. It's what? And it's and it's like, it's like it's like. 51 degrees here right now it's great compared to the 115 degree alternative we have in the summer you know but like i it is and I'm, i know you can attest to this it's too five o'clock oh i don't know why that i don't did you hear that yeah i heard that oh I, it's the stupid it's this mac i don't know how to turn it off because it's not my computer oh, so what everybody it was five o'clock so it's five wow. o'clock somewhere well, well we got busted dude it's five o'clock somewhere no, but it's like it was drink, so. Drink them if you got them, if you're listening, dude. Five o'clock somewhere. There you go. But it's like I is Mike and I were actually talking about like when we used to book shows mm-hmm. back in the day, and it wasn't like like what you, all you guys were doing up there, you know, with like the pin up and the stuff that you were doing before that. But it's like it was just weird, like how much of a difference it is with like the turnouts. Even like I, I remember, like dude, when we were booking shows in like '05 and '06, '04, oh, even '07, dude, it's like people would just 
pack the shit. Well, well, dude, fucking, I mean, I've talked about this on some of my other episodes, so my viewers probably are tired of hearing about it. I don't care. My show, they can fuck off. That's what you um, do. So. Well, that, but it's like, dude, like, people, you remember back in the day, because you you would carpool up, like, I yeah, could put the same cool. tour in, like, Salinas, Santa Cruz, and San Jose, and yeah. each show would have at least 300 kids at it. And oh, you're like, crazy. 45 <laughs> minutes, and that's that's a thousand people. And, yeah, like, a fucking... No promotion for those shows either. Yeah, yeah, it was just like MySpace. Boop. Yeah, dude, like I that was that's definitely one of the things I, I miss about it, dude. Was it was like a gold mine for bands, and it yeah. obvious. Obviously, honestly, honestly, like you know, when twenty twenty four girls around, let's just have Tom run for president, dude. Like <laughs> Tom from MySpace twenty twenty four. back or something last year. I heard, I heard about that. So Justin Timberlake bought what was left of the rights or part of them. Justin Timberlake, dude. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, they were like trying to do a resurgence, and like now you can go, you can sign up for a new MySpace. I'm like, the layout's all different and weird. <laughs> and like, all of our MySpaces still exist. If you didn't delete your no, MySpace. No, no, I've been on it, but like, because I remember I tried to get into the, I tried to look at the old Doggy's Flesh MySpace to listen to some of the old songs. I couldn't do it. Like we had, um, I was in another band, like at the same time I was doing Doggy's Flesh called Her Black Despondency and I was playing guitar. Mm -hmm. And Mike was the singer and Andrew who I did Zombie Corpse Autopsy with, like, yeah. and uh, he, you know, he's so good at guitar. And I was still playing guitar a lot at the time. I wasn't as much, you know, as I used because I liked being a front man more. But I was, I, I just couldn't keep up with Andrew. And yeah. I told him, I was like, dude, like the songs you're writing are really fucking sick. But I just, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I, you're way past my skill set, dude. I can't compete with you, and I don't want to hold you back from writing better songs because. I'm not as good at guitar anymore because I stopped practicing guitar to become a vocalist instead. And yeah. Pure Volume had the demo song that I play guitar on, and I wish I would have downloaded it because now it you, you go to play the song and it's just silent. Like none of the songs on. I did Pure Volume get shut down or some shit. Dude, who knows anymore? <laughs> but the world, no. As the last three episodes, I just keep reminding people the world's on fire, man. Like, yeah. so who who knows? But there's a Facebook group I'm a part of. It's called um, the MySpace Revival. And basically they're posting bands and stuff. And they have this, these guys started this um, site called MySpace Archive. And they have all these old, old, you know, bands, like their MySpace demos that they had on there. Oh. Like, like um, the, uh, they just put up um, all the pre born of Osiris stuff on there before they were born of Osiris and they were like Rosecrans and stuff like that. And that they, name. they just put a dozen. And what if you watch this? I'm sorry. That fucking name, man. I don't. After the burial. No, oh. Rosecrans. <laughs> Rose... well, there's a town and there's like a street in LA, I think called Rosecrans. And remember when I was younger, I didn't know, you know they were from Chicago. And I was like, Oh dude, maybe that's where they got their name from. And then I was like, oh, no, they're, they're in Chicago, dude. But yeah, Rose, like the Rosecrans. Yeah, that's, isn't that where Corn got their name, dude? From from Corn Road in Bakersfield, dude? <laughs> no, that was after the fact. No, I, know, I know, I know, I know. No, but uh, and then like a dozen Furies, the old a dozen Furies EP. Oh. And uh, they put up the A Life Once Lost demo from 1999, and I had never heard it. And you know, old A Life Once Lost was absolutely like chaotic before they kind of turned into more of like a groovy like mishuga kind of esque band they found the weed man yeah they found the weed on a great artist dude but if you looking up if i like, listen to their old stuff on like open your mouth for the speechless like oh dude, god yeah 
and then like their 1999 demo, Anthony Green is on one of the songs. And he's just screaming his ass off. Dude, yeah, I listened to it last week because I didn't even know it existed. And these guys put it up and I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I didn't know this existed. It was like 1999, you know, like, and Anthony, no, dude, Anthony Green's on uh, one of the song, like demo versions of the songs. And he used to scream like, I mean, you can hear him scream on the old Stay Ocean stuff, you know. He's crazy. He's, that guy's oh, just all around. That old Stay Ocean. Yeah, and it's, it's and it's like I remember, dude. Like when all like when all the MySpace stuff was coming up, and I remember um, we heard Animosity, you know, on there. Um, Life Advocate, you know, the old black and white video of them, like at a show or something like that. And it was, it was Animosity shut it down. Um, Asha Parish's Hate Mouse Revenge and Suffocates Oakland. Like that was like all two thousand three, two thousand four, and that like changed how my homies and i like wrote music we're like okay dude, yeah, i was cool. never a suffocate fan i, I only just... like i only like oakland when they had jared and carlos singing i didn't like anything after that like no not not no offense to like ricky i, I mean i've never met the guy nothing like that like i just didn't really i had kind of gotten out of a lot of deathcore stuff by then you know so but in like oakland like we played dog eats flesh played with suffocate yeah. And I remember, and I remember when Carlos, the the one the one singer, died, and they did like a little like benefit show for him in Bakersfield, and Doggy's Flesh played, and it was it was fucking it was packed, you know, Final Burden, you know, all those guys like Final Burden, dude, I love that, dude. Yeah. Every time I'm on a podcast or whatever, like, and if someone's like, tell what's like a band you suggest we check out to like really, I, know, I tell people, dude, go listen to. They did. I don't know. I mean, you probably know this, but after Processor, they did another CD. Called yeah. a it like came out and then they and then that was when they broke up. You can't find it. You can't find it anywhere, and you can only listen to one song on YouTube, and that's it. Like I think Steve Dean saw a copy of the CD. Okay, it's like, dude, like you can't. Like I said, it's not on iTunes. It's not on anything, dude. It's just one song on on YouTube. You can hear, and it's and it's badass. I don't know, like maybe there was something going on with the band, and they just never did anything with it. I don't know, but yeah. Like, and there's actually been like a resurgence of, of bands trying to get that old school metalcore sound, you know, like Sanction and Chamber. And have I you think- listened to fucking Ko Nashi yet? Have you checked that band out? Who? who? Ko Nashi. Can- Dude, I'll send it to you after this. You'll be like, "What is going on?" Okay, and then of course, and then you have like you have like Vane yeah. or Vane FM or whatever they're called now, and Vatican's fucking tight too. It's yeah. just like. All those old bands doing the old disembodied martyr AD breakdown. You know, I'm a sucker for that, dude. I know you are. And that's why, like, I remember when we went up to, when I, I drove up there and we were doing the A3 music video, like in 2012, I think, or something like that. At that, um, at the church. It was a church, yeah, because I remember the floors were really slippery. Yeah, the time people were moshing, everybody was falling over because the the floor was so slippery and nobody, there was like no traction on the shoes. I remember my favorite part about that video shoot is everybody clowned on me because I was like, we're the band is playing the song four times so that we have enough footage. 
Yeah, I, I remember that. Oh, they so yeah. crazy, and everybody was like, I remember the band, the people film, like everybody was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, it's not going to be done when that video turns out fucking sick. Dude, when and, we did the Patrick music video, you know how many times we played that song? Exactly, <laughs> dude. And I was like, dude, just trust me. Four sets, we'll get enough footage, we'll just tell everybody to go fucking bonkers the yeah. whole time. And like that's still one of the funnest music videos that's ever oh, come out. Like, having a good time and like all the pylons and everything. We're talking and, about an, an old atheist song called Oblivion for everybody listening and watching. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, dude, go go look it up. It's fun. Yeah. And it was it was cool when I got to got to fill in for him for that Ghost and Shides, uh, <laughs> Ghost Inside show before you know the really terrible accident and they did that. Yeah. Like, what was it called? Like the locals only or something like yeah, that? It was yeah. just them and locals. Like Yeah, that was that was sick. And I remember like we played and I remember it was so cool because you know Garrett hit me up. He's like, Hey dude, like you want to sing for us for this for the show? Yeah. And Garrett, like Garrett and all the Athier guys were like so sweet and they're like, dude, they paid me every weekend. Uh, I drove up there to, for gas money. They paid like they paid me to do the show and and it was so much it was so much fun. Dude. I just like I had a blast up there doing it, you know, because the Zenith stuff is so fast and, and yeah. complex. And Zenith is like the first death metal band I ever did. I only did, you know, hardcore, metalcore, deathcore stuff before yeah. Zenith. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, like a lot of people don't know that Zenith is like the first like death yeah. metal band that I've done like live. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it was like a totally like it took like a long time for me to get you know those ridiculous fast parts down, you know, because I was so used to you know other stuff, you know, that was not no obviously no offense, but more was was slower and less complex. And when I did the eighth year show, it was really fun because I was able to, you know, move around a lot in between, you know, versions of the songs. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, like be a front man and like get people hyped and talk yeah, shit. I, mean, I tried to do what I could with, you know, with Zenith, but there was just a lot of times like just so many words, dudes. Like, yeah. And it's so demanding on you too. Yeah. And, and, it, was, and it was cool. And like that eighth year show and like is what I'm like, somebody like held a gun to my head and said, okay, hey, dude. I need you to tell me like the top five shows you ever played. That's up there. Like I, I watched. There, there's I, a video of the, there's a few videos on on the internet of that. I think I can. I've only found one, and it's the drum cam one of Josh. And you can I kind of one was one of you from the front. Oh, is there? Okay, you'll have to send it to me after. After I can find it, I'll I'm sure someone someone from the band has a, has a footage of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll ask the voice for you when we're done with this. But and then you know when you know when Helms Deep played and Taylor let me do the the Moria song like at the end of the Moria song that you failed me you failed yourself yeah. I was like dude <laughs> my little my my seventeen year old self got like the jitter yeah. you know like yeah, and so, Taylor was like the nicest guy like yeah see he still is for the most part oh no but, I haven't I haven't uh, unfortunately haven't seen him. In a long time, I think it's awesome that he's married now and has a kid. That's crazy, yeah. like it's crazy in like the sickest way. Yes. But it's cool, you know, like that he's. That How, he's what, what do they say? The the glow up, dude. We all get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know it's like, like me. It's just like you know, I I started dating a woman that has you know a, a son, and he's like my stepson now, and I I love him to death. You know, we have like a family, and it's really cool. You know, like I can't. It's like I never you know thought that this would happen. You know. Yeah. And, and it worked out. If you had told yourself that would have happened 10 years ago, you would have been like oh. laughing. 
Yeah, I would have been laughing like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in like this." No, no, no. It's cool. Yeah. And yeah. people at work ask me all the time, like, "Hey, dude, you know, are you like, how's the band?" I'm like, "Dude, it's like the worst year to be in a band, so don't even worry about it, dude." Like, it's you can't even do anything. Yeah. I mean, just studio stuff is all pretty much people can do now. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for everybody tuning in, if you're not paying fucking attention, Greg is is the singer for Zenith Passage. But no one, no bands exist right now. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I kind of also like took kind of a step back uh, yeah. from a lot of music last year. I I was dealing with a lot of mental stuff that kind of reared its ugly head out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Uh, I got really sick and I was in the hospital. I was in the ICU for eight days with yeah, I remember. severe that severe diabetic ketoacidosis, and I had five IVs in me, no discharge day. That was scary. And, you know, I started getting panic attacks and anxiety attacks I never had before. And then, you know, it was never posted on Facebook, but like my dad got lung cancer and that hit me really hard off off obvious reasons. And, you know, I've had three uh, grandparents die from lung cancer. So now my dad got it. I was like, oh, great. But, you know, like I told you earlier, you know, he's been in remission for six months. That's great, dude. He's walking. Yeah, exactly. like, that makes me so happy to hear. Dude, he's walking. I know, with I, I know how close you are with your family and shit. So it, it's and like you know, I just had I just had a lot going on, you know, and I was just like, I can't really, you know, afford. I can't. I couldn't afford to take time off, you know, to go on tour, and then I get a phone call. Hey, you know, you need to come home. You know, dad is not doing well, and I was like, you know, I don't. My luckily, my parents only live ten minutes away from me. Yeah. So like I can't complain about that, you know. My like I said, my dad was doing a lot better, but there was a little while there where it was it was kind of scary. Yeah, you know. Sure. And I just had like a lot of you know because I was always the guy out of like all my all my little group of friends that you know never experienced you know anxiety. You know, yeah. I had normal anxiety like oh when you're anxious for a show, you know, or you're anxious. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. yeah, but never like to the point where you start like hyperventilating and you're throwing up. You know, in the morning, almost every morning, mm-hmm. your I know what you mean. Anxiety attacks and panic attacks are making you sick to your stomach and to the point where you can't work. You know, that was pretty shitty. But I'm doing. You know, that was last year. You know, I've I've been doing much better. But you know, I kind of took a step back from from music for a while, kind of just to get my mental health in check. And and you know, I I did that Muldro- that Muldrotha EP came out like a long time after it was recorded. Yeah. Like that was that was recorded in. Oh my God. I think it was recorded in like August or September of 2018. Yeah. And I don't think it came out until like summer of last year. Yeah. So that And like Cody made me sound way better than I actually do. I mean, I don't don't play yourself. You're a good singer. I always, I've always hated the way I sounded. And I got a really bad this is for some zenith knowledge for a lot of people that don't know like i got a really bad throat infection while we were recording the cosmic dissonance ep to the point where um we were actually recording um the end of the song zenith and after the part that kicks in uh with like the main verse with the lights i recorded that with no voice and I was straining a lot. And if you probably, you know, have like really good like studio monitors or yeah. like really good, like noise canceling headphones, probably like good headphones like you have, 
if you listen to my vocals like before that and then listen to my vocals after that, you'll be able to tell like I was straining like a lot and I didn't know what was going on. It happens. Dude. I had actually lost my voice and I got some kind of infection Ooh. and I had to go on an inhaler and antibiotics. This was like eight years ago. And that's why if you listen to the, the vocals in kaleidoscopic, they're really uh, like kind of like raw compared to the other songs on that EP because I had just, we recorded that song like right after I got my voice back. Yeah. And so, I mean, and I'm kind of a dumbass, you know, I, I live in an apartment, at the time I lived in an apartment and the, there, I had a family below me that had a child, like a little baby. So it's like, dude, I can't really be like, you know, practicing death metal vocals in my apartment with the music all loud and shit when they have like a little baby. Yeah. You know? It was like I didn't really get a lot of chance to practice, and you know, the only times I would really be able to would be like if I was in my car. And it's like that's not the same thing because you're sitting down, yeah. you know, full, full, you know, lung capacity and shit, you know. Yeah. But you can tell, you know, it's like I hear it, I'm just like, oh, whatever, whatever. But you know, the, all the records you do with Zenith came out great, man. I've always been a fan of you, like as a person, and like a, <laughs> when you did those shows with Eighth Year. I just remember us being like, fuck, we need to find somebody. And I was like, oh, that's great. Or maybe Taylor's Taylor Moore's idea, I think, maybe. Like, somebody came up with the idea, and I was like, that's fucking genius, dude. <laughs> dude it was- I loved it, man. Like, I've always I've always been a fan. Like, you know, like, we met when you were doing Dog Eats Flesh. And, like, yeah, I, was just the drunk guy. I was just the drunk guy that traveled with Moria. You know what I mean? Yeah, like- I, I'm telling you, dude. I will, speaking of, and this is, like, a total, like, little fangirl Moria moment here, dude. I will never forget. The first time we saw them play, Taylor had black hair. I remember mm-hmm. that. Taylor had dyed black hair. Yeah, black hair and his new metal earrings, right? I don't know if he had his. Uh, I don't know if he had his new metal earrings, but it was the Nose of Ranvier, Caliban, and Scars of Tomorrow tour. I'm sure you remember that. I'm sure you remember that. And I was. That was before I was really friends with the band. Oh, okay. Right before I started traveling with them, so you I, I know you know where you were probably aware of that, yes, yes. And I remember, like, they Nodes of Ranvier is the one, like, there's like three bands from that era I never got to see live, and Nodes is one of those bands. And they, like, real quick, like, I remember Nodes had the same singer on their first two CDs, self titled was great, and then uh, he quit. And they had some other singer, and the, he did one album with them, and I wasn't a fan. And then they did one last CD called like "Defined by Struggle," and they had another new singer on that one, and it's really good. Like, no, I don't listen to that last thing. I need to check that out then. He's fucking sick. But that, so anyway, so back to back to Moria. So we were going to see you know Caliban's Cars tomorrow and Nose of Ramier. So we all drove down from Tehachapi, you know, came here to Jerry's Pizza, you know, for the show. <laughs> I know, Jerry's Pizza. Dude. Awesome with the cockroaches, dude. Did you oh, see? I know. I know. Yeah, so I know you deleted most of your socials. Like, uh, we went to Vegas a couple weeks ago uh, to go visit some family because some of Trina's family lives out there. Mm-hmm. And on the way, we like we we stopped in Bakersfield because we split up the drive because she worked late, a late shift. Yeah. And we've had a hotel that like let us keep the dog with us. And then so we're like driving down Bakersfield to get back on the freeway. Like my fat ass is like, we have to find a Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast. So <laughs> we did that and we're driving and I realize what street we're on all of a sudden. And we drive up and I pull by and I point and I'm like, babe, there's Jerry's pizza. And I tweeted, I tweeted, you know, 
doing some exploring with Twitter today, I had to show her the most legendary venue in California, Jerry's Pizza. And it got so many likes dude, on Twitter. That place was actually, it actually was, dude. Like so many, like there used to be so many shows yeah. that were like, I like that. And like, and it was $10. I remember that show was $10. And my homies and I all came down. And, you know, we saw, okay, somebody named Maury. are like, okay, named after, you know, Lord of the Rings. Okay, cool, whatever. I remember, you know, they they started and they had, like, a bunch of guys, you know, like a crew that rolled with them. And they all had, like, headbands on. Yeah. And it was, like, Maury, a mosh crew or something like that. And we were, like, when they played, you know, Charlie Brown, you know, or yeah. Red, you know, when they had to change the name for it, like, we were just like, dude. That was fucking bad. I remember, like, I have two of those demos still. Like, I got two of the demos. Like, I, I loved it so much. And we're like, dude, this is like, and that was when Taylor just did nothing but lows. That whole old EP is him just lows. And and it's like, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, those shows are like 10 bucks. Like, yeah. one of the biggest shows I ever went, um, it was Remembering Never Opened. Then it was Black Dollar Murder before they put out Miasma. Then it was Terror. And then it was unearthed and it was 10 bucks and a giant fight. Of course, a giant fight broke out. Cause you know, you had a bunch of metal guys there for black dollar murder and you had a bunch of hardcore kids there for terror and, you know, remembering never and stuff like that. And a fight broke out and I, during terror, of course, and <laughs> of course, you know, terror. It's funny because nowadays they, people will not fight during terror because there's so much about like, Hey, that's not what we're here for. Like, yeah. I just booked Terror a couple months ago, and the the you know, well, I shouldn't say a couple months ago at the beginning of the fucking year, and <laughs> like they had the they had the like their set was the most energy, but it was like pick each other up, support each other, quit that yeah, shit yeah. out. Well, like, Scott Vogel's been doing this for a while. He's probably getting tired of assholes fighting, and then their yeah. set getting cut short, or <laughs> getting shut down, or the shows getting shut. He's like, man, fuck it, just stop fighting so we can play. Yeah, but, seriously. And the security guard pulled a gun out at that show I was telling you about because he pulled out a gun and goes, "Everybody, shut the fuck up, or I'll pop a cap in all your fucking asses." And the fighting done. Dude, and, hilarious. And then a week later. It was It Dies Today opened, and they had just put out Kate of Choir. Martyr AD was next, and they had just put out um, On Earth As It Is In Hell. And then it was Walls of Jericho, and then it was Bleeding Through. And that was 10 bucks, you know? And it was like, these, like, it was a week, like, this week was this show, this week was this show, like, and that was crazy. I miss that shit. I miss that shit. So, wait, so, so, I, I wanna, I wanna, I know we're we're we've been we've been rambling as is the case with my show as all my all my. Hey, I, haven't, I haven't talked to you or seen you in a minute. Just I know, I know. It's kind of nice. Like so, so I don't actually know like how did Doggy Flesh come? Like how did Greg from Texas that moves to to Hatchby? Like how did you end up start playing music? That's what I want to know. Right now. Let, me, let me tell you. Okay, so when I was like ten years old. Okay. Um, my, I had so I have three cousins, uh, Susan, Lizzie, and Edward, and they're my my mom's brother's kids. My my aunt Audrey and my uncle Harry, and they lived in uh, Houston, and we lived in you know Dallas, Fort Worth, and they only lived like four hours away. So we'd go see them every you know every couple weekends, and especially when my when my pop pop you know my my other because I called one grandpa grandpa, the other one pop pop, so I wouldn't get it messed up. Fair. And he was dying of lung cancer, so we were going down there, and that was my mom's dad. So we were going down there every weekend. 
And I remember when I was like this one weekend, I went down there and I was like 10 and I was fucking around on my, on my cousin's guitar. And she was really into um, like typo negative. This was like 90. So I was 10. So this was 95, 96. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So I was, and so she had like Marilyn Manson. I remember she had the Marilyn Manson smells like children CD. And I was like, this is fucking weird. You know, (laughs) I was 10. And I like, I remember like I had just, you know, I know it's cliche, but I had discovered Metallica at my aunt and uncle's house. You know, I know it's cliche, but it's the truth, you know? And then I, you know, that was like eight or nine, I think. And I heard Metallica. In fact, Kill 'Em All is the first CD I ever bought with my own money. It was Metallica's Kill 'Em All. First CD I ever bought with my money was um, Americana by the Offspring. Oh, okay. Well, so there you go. And like my cousin had, like I said, typo negative, October rust. Uh, mm-hmm. you know Marilyn Manson CD, and then uh, and then he goes, oh, I, you should listen to this band, and they were it was Deftones, and uh, you had uh, Deftones and Corn, and I remember she let me borrow uh, Deftones Adrenaline, um, and Corn's Life is Peachy, and she had one of those old badass like amplifiers where you could record like tape to tape, you know, so she oh. made. A- of you know i know it's old fucking school right double tape decks and shit but yeah she made a copy of adrenaline and she made a copy of um life is peachy and i remember like you know listening to them on the drive you know back to my house in texas and I was like, this is sick you know so it kind of got escalating from there you know and then i was really into like this one i guess you could call them Never kind of gothic, industrial, stabbing westward. I was really into stabbing westward. That dark of day CD. Um, and then I, you know, I moved when we moved it to California when I was eleven, and I just started like getting from there. And actually, yeah. a really cool resource for me um, was Amazon. This was like when Amazon was like first starting. At least when I was first learning about Amazon, like ninety eight, ninety nine, and I would just buy a CD on there, and it would say like, "Oh, people who bought this." also bought this, you know, and I would just check this out. And they were like one of the first companies that actually did that service, I believe. Yeah, dude. And I would like go on Napster and download a song <laughs> and it would take me 20 million years because I had dial up. There was no, you know, cable internet then. It was just dial up. <laughs> oh, trust me. I think we all remember those days. Oh yeah, we do. Oh yeah. And uh, I was like, and it would take me like a million years to download a song. And I was like, oh, okay, let me see how this is. And so of course, if I liked it, you know, we had a, Sam Goody here in Bakersfield, and we would drive from Hatchby to Sam Goody every weekend. I mean, Hatchby to Bakersfield every weekend for shopping because there wasn't jack shit in Hatchby like I mean there is now, but there wasn't in 99. Yeah, yeah. I would have like a a handwritten list of CDs I wanted, and I would go to Sam Goody and check it out. And you know, I wanted to play guitar, and so I my parents got me um, an acoustic guitar, of course, and then you know. Like uh, I was, you know, practicing on that a lot, and then I got an electric guitar. Was started, you know, getting into that, and then, uh, you know, like, you know, I, I really liked um, Mick Thompson from Slipknot. Like, I had, a, I wanted to get a BC Rich Warlock that he had, like the platinum one, but they were too expensive. So I got the uh, the BC Rich uh, Bronze Warlock, which was kind of a piece of shit because the uh, the pickups would always mess up and the strings would always break, but it was still cool to play it. And my like, and I that's how I got like into like super heavy music was Amazon actually was one of them. 
And I would, cause I, I kid you not, like that's how I found like a lot of death metal and hardcore bands. Like for example, one of the old haunted albums, uh, the haunted made me do it has a song called bury your dead. Yes. That's how I heard bury your dead was from that song. Children of Odom has a song called every time I die from the fall of the Reaper CD. That's how I heard about every time I die. You know, oh, that's a great album. That's yeah. something I like need to go back and revisit. Like I got into, I only listened to like, I think it was that album in high school. I never really gave that band the time of day, but like the more I hear their stuff, I'm like, okay, okay. Dude, I like started first, and then I, I started getting into stuff like that. And then I saw Cradle of Filth live at Ozfest and they were fucking terrible. So after that, I was like, I was young, you know what I mean? So yeah, I saw that live and I was like, oh, none of these bands are ever going to sound good live. You know what I mean? But then it's like, and then I then I see fucking Meshuggah and then like I start hearing about bands like fucking Behemoth and Septic Flesh and Dark Funeral and I'm like, oh, okay, I was wrong about all that. You see, I've actually been like this, this year for sure, I've been on like a huge like black metal. Like I've been really into like black metal and like Black and Death, like Belphegor and, you know, yeah. Behemoth. Dark Funeral and a bunch of stuff like that. But I remember um, getting into like all that stuff and I, w I was playing guitar and then I remember I heard um, Under Oath um, Cries of the Past and they have um, oh, excuse me there's a song on their first EP they did when they were like super, I mean you know about it it was called uh, um, Heart of Stone I think is the song and it has like this weird like Fran Tresher from the nanny laugh in the beginning. And then it just starts off like absolutely like batshit insane. And I was like, dude, I want to do that. Yeah. And, and then I heard the Kills Engage demo on mp3.com way back in the day, which was cool because when they did the 10 year anniversary of their very first album, um, excuse me, the, um, cause their first album came out in 2000 and then in like 2005, 2006, Adam, Adam D remastered their old self-titled album and he remastered their 1999 demo too. And it was really cool to hear that. Cause I'm like, dude, I remember when I heard that. And like, I remember like, black dollar murders, old, um, cold blooded epitaph EP on, on it. MB3.com was so tight, dude. That yeah. was like the shit. And I was like hearing stuff like that. And I heard, um, like I said, under oath, uh, heart of stone. I heard Zeo, of course, you know, um, we're blood and fire bring rest. Yes. 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 yes, yes. And uh, Kluge's Engage, uh, Live or Just Breathing. And I was like, dude. Probably the greatest metal problem of all time. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I was like, dude, I want to I want to sound like that. So over the years, you know, like I did um, the first band I was ever in wasn't even like 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 my band. My friends wanted to form like a hardcore band and they called it a mental case. Right. And we wrote like four, like a minute and a half, two long songs. And at the time, you know, I got made fun of a lot because of, of how I dressed because I played heavy music, but I wore like bag. This was like when the baggy clothes were kind of going out of style, you know, I was still wearing baggy clothes. I wore, and, dude, I wore baggy jeans long after they went out of style. Yeah. I, that, that, it was it's funny because like that's how like all the like Jules the Juggler jokes started and oh, there was, like, jokes yeah. on that my listen like, to you and I was in the interstates and all that shit yeah I, oh, I had all that stuff dude and I was wearing those have you seen that not not to cut you off have you seen that Jinko sweatshirt I have 
I probably is it, does it have like a, does it have the flame head guy on it? No, no. Okay, so Jinko a couple of years ago they he, went out they, they went no they went out of business. Oh, and then it came back as the original like GNCO. Okay, and then so but when it went out of business they had a huge sale of all the stuff they haven't been able to sell over the last ten years. And I got it's fucking camo, and then it's the crown logo with the Jinko and like the oh, fucking. Dude. dude, it's literally like the hardest thing I own. Like dude. for sure, dude. I think one of the and hardest- people are like, "Is that Jinko?" And then that's it. They never, they never give me any shit after that. Every once in a while, I get the whoop whoop drop to me. You know what I mean? God. I think one of the hardest things I've ever seen was fucking Jared Reisdorf's Lincoln Park shirt that looks like a hardcore shirt. And, dude, it's I love a- that, dude. and I was like, "Dude, that shirt is tight." I love. Uh, no, the, like I said, it, we were. It was a, some hardcore band. It was called yeah. uh, Mental Case. Right, it was the first band I ever did. And like I said, I had like ba- I had like baggy, um, long sleeve, button down, like nerdy shirts, uh, like baggy jeans. And I remember um, we actually the Warriors played. Um, and this was when the Warriors were just like a local band playing at churches and stuff. They weren't, you know, they didn't sign. They hadn't been signed yet or put out Wars Hell or any of that stuff. And we played and we never had a vocalist. So our homie just came on stage and just like, you know, did whatever. And I remember, dude, I was so nervous when I was playing that my leg was twitching like Les Claypool, like when he's playing bass from Primus, dude, like my yeah. leg was freaking out, dude. And then I remember I broke one of the strings on my guitar, my the, the D string. So I couldn't do, you know, power chords. I could only do like with the two top strings. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. But it was fun. I mean, and then the first band I ever sang for, like I said, wasn't even my band. Like my friends had this thing they were trying to do and they had one song and I wanted to try to learn, you know, how to, you know, scream. And so we did one song and then we changed the name, which I think this is kind of like when I knew you, the happiness at the end of a barrel band that I did. That was like the first thing I ever did. It was terrible, terrible. And like, then we did strength and scars, which was basically the same thing. I was playing guitar and doing vocals. And that was kind of hard to do live. Like I have mad props for people who play like any kind of music, like when they, any instrument and they're mm-hmm. also like the main vocalist because playing fucking four four time metalcore and doing vocals was hard for me so i yeah. could imagine like like people in like crazy tech death bands that yeah. are all like full-time vocalists stuff mm-hmm. how do you do that shit yeah and then like after because string the scars was kind of heavy that's when we started you know getting into like the bay area stuff you know like all shall perish and animosity yeah final burden and suffocate and you know then also suicide silence and winds of plague you know when they were still called bleak december you know like all that kind of stuff like nobody ever by the way nobody ever believes that story so i'm so glad you just brought that up do they've even talked about that they were called no no no. they have but like people people that don't know the history of the band they're like that there's no way the band was ever called that like that's a terrible band name and i'm like people also don't forget that like they had to switch it when they put out the A Cold Day in Hell album, but that song, Full Chamber Roulette, there's like a Crypt Keeper kind of laugh before this sick-ass breakdown. Yes. And old demo version, when they just put out like on MySpace or Purple One, it actually has the Crypt Keeper laugh. But obviously yeah, they that sample like in the CD they sold for yeah. money. 
But I, I was like, that was when we started getting into like, and through the eyes of the dead, you know, like scars of ages EP, you know, like before um, they put out malice or bloodlust. This was like their first EP. Do you remember, do you remember that one? Uh, bloodlust is like the reason I listened to this style of music. No, no, no. no. I mean the EP that came out, they had two. EPs oh yes. Were- yes. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like, um, to take comfort was like an old song that they did. And that breakdown at the end of to take comfort was like, we're like, dude, we got to like, that's when we started writing like heavy yeah. stuff. All okay. the okay. people in our town, you know, because there was a hardcore band in Tashby called Die Hard Youth that I'm sure some of your listeners might know of. And they became with or without you. Um, yeah, I was going to say that. Name, I know that name sounds yeah, familiar. You, wow. You know, whatever people want to call them. And, you know, people used to give uh, me and my homies so much shit because we were like, oh, they're like, oh, you don't respect uh, what Andy Diehard. Well, his name was Andy Franchier, but everybody called him Andy Diehard. And they're like, oh, you don't respect what Andy Diehard did for the scene. I was like, dude, I didn't even know this fucking band existed until you told me. Like, my homies and I were in this side, like, doing the heavy shit, and everybody was doing hardcore. And we got made fun of a lot, dude, because we were doing, like, the really heavy stuff. Like, in fact, mm-hmm. I remember when Warriors War as Hell came out, all the people that used to like Warriors – it was they they got like at least in like where in where I was growing up in in, in Tatchby, people said Wars Hell was too heavy for them. Like I remember, but like ah, oh, they went too heavy because like there's that part in scene celebrity. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, not slings and arrows where Marshall does that really long low. Yeah, which is like I love that. And so, so well, my buddy James is really good friends with me. He said that was Javier. That Javier did all the lows, but I don't know if that's true or not. Someone, someone key in if you know the, know the, the sweep on that because I don't know. I always thought it was Marshall, but my homie told me it was Javier. But anyway, people said that was, that was like too heavy. And I remember we got a bunch of shit from all the hardcore kids in my town because we were putting too much like metal in the hardcore. And Whatever. Like, I hate that shit. You know, I, I know. I know. I know. And then like I remember like back in – I remember like when Despised Icon – added me on MySpace, like, oh, who, who the fuck is this? Oh, and before they got signed, you know, they had just put out um, they had just put out that split with um, Bodies in the Gears of the Apparatus. Yes. And got them signed. And I remember, like, they had a song that, that Silver Plated Advocate, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, like, and I heard it on my oh, this is fucking tight, dude. And then I remember like Job for a Cowboy, and I was like, what the fuck kind of a band name is Job? J-Fact Fool, J-Fact Fool. And I was like, what the fuck kind of a band name is this? And I was like, oh, this is fucking sick. Yeah. And like, and you know, we we wanted to start doing stuff like that, and we oh, dude, we used to get so much shit because we were putting too much metal and hardcore, you know, putting too much death metal and hardcore. Yeah. yeah. We were kind of like playing a lot of stuff that was deathcore. Yeah, that was like a genre. And the reason I brought up the Spice Icon is I have proof of it. It's still there on Amazon. I wrote a review for the healing process back in 2005, and I called healing process Deathcore, and I got slammed for calling it Deathcore. That's that's, and everyone's like, that's not a genre. That's a made up genre. That's never going to be a genre. And I was like, well, this is what it sounds like to me. And then then it became one. And it's like, okay, well, like. And like it kind of like you need to tell Amazon to use some royalties, dude. I know, I know, but see, that's what I'm saying. But I, I don't care that people said yeah. that. It was just goofy, you know. And it's just like, and then like, but at the same time, it was really cool seeing all these bands get popular, you know, from yeah. from you know MySpace and, and pure volume, and not just you know 
hardcore bands, but you know, like emo bands and stuff like that, you know, where it was like really cool seeing in bands like because I know Taking Back like MySpace helped Taking Back Sunday. I know that for sure. Yeah. And, and it was really cool, you know, to see all that. And it's just like the journey of seeing all these bands just blow mm-hmm. up. Like, hey, yeah. I never really looked there when they were nobodies, like, you know, and it's and it was just funny. It's, it was just so funny, like yeah, the division of like the heart, I mean, the hardcore metal shit, you know, and then, you know, after strength and after strength and scars was, that was when I, that was when I did, um, uh, doggy's flesh. Sick. And that was, that was funny. You know, I mean, it was pretty, it was, you know, pretty, you know, trendy deathcore, and, you know, and it was, but it was fun though. It was cool. And I think we almost like, we were going to get signed to 12 gauge records, I think. Or something like that. Whatever one, uh, I think Molotov Solution was on way back. Yeah, that would have been 12 gauge, yeah. Yeah, because I remember uh, our guitarist, Frank, was talking to somebody in there. But, like, and I remember we had the old the old Doomsday EP, which we recorded in Frank's dad's living room. And then we had the Amelioration CD, which the official release I was not on. That was just Chris, because we had two singers, Chris and I. And I remember... Uh, we had there's actually three versions of that album that it, I don't really use anymore. So I had gotten so this was spring break of two thousand like seven, like March of two thousand seven, and um, I was still under my parents' dental insurance, right? And so we had booked a West Coast tour for spring break, and it got canceled. So my mom was like, "Hey," because I had all my wisdom teeth were coming in. I had just got my braces taken off like a couple years beforehand. And I got x-rays, and if I would have kept my wisdom teeth in there, it would have just messed my whole mouth up. My mom and dad were like, fuck that. We just dropped all this money, you know, yeah. also under their insurance. Like, now we got to get your wisdom teeth out. So the tour got canceled. So my mom was, oh, hey, your tour got canceled. Well, I put you to get your wisdom teeth pulled. So half my spring break, I was absolutely miserable with, you know, my wisdom teeth pulled. And three, yeah. or, three or four days after I got my wisdom teeth pulled, I had to go record the amelioration album for the first time and that sucked for obvious reasons. And then I remember we recorded it uh, a second time with, with Chris and I on it and something happened. I don't remember what happened. And then I remember they wanted me to do it like a third time. And I was like, nah, dude, like, cause at the time I was the only one in the band working. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I can't take, time off to go do that you know and i was only like 19 then i was like i can't do that yeah. and then you know when i was in college i unfortunately missed out on a lot of really sick shows that came through here um didn't really do any music un- until about 2011 and i did a-, a little local band with my homies uh we were called the diversions point it was a very a proggy it was like backstreet boy i'm uh, not backstreet boys sorry <laughs> it was between the bear to me meets los lonely boys kind of thing okay we're, we're very like, latin vibe to it and we actually played with uh helms deep i think they played here at some festival and we played with them and, and aether played too um and it was cool but there was a lot of parts where it would have felt better if i was like singing instead of just doing my normal stuff and I'm, I don't really know how to sing, sing, sing now, but I know how to better than I did in 2011. Yeah, so I just, yeah. I was like, you know what, dude? Like, and we were, we were just like playing bars and stuff. And I was like, and there was like three people at each show. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is like not really going to do anything. So I kind of just, I just left it. And like, I'm still like really good friends with all those guys. It wasn't anything bad. You know, we were just like some local band. And I was like, ah, oh, you need to like get someone who knows how to sing, 
you know, and not someone who just screams. And then, you know, Justin had done a lot of bands and Justin did the art of torture and, and stuff like that. He, he joined the art of torture, like kind of at the, the, the tail end. Yeah. And he did like a three song EP with him, which has like this really sick song on it called a grip of the lion's paw. That's like a really sick ass EP. And if I remember correctly, Justin did those three songs, but I remember, you know, Divergence Point, which was that local band, and um, The Art of Torture played. I think it was the same festival that that Aether thing was on. I can't remember. It was like 2011, 2012, and we had a great time. And I remember, you know, Justin was getting tired of every band. You know, he was in not really doing anything, and I mean, I was too. And so he wrote a song, which became Tombs of Trepidation. And, uh, and he goes, hey, dude, I wrote this song. Um, you want to, like let's you want to do some vocals on it you know we had never like we knew who each other were but we didn't really like know you know yeah, yeah, yeah. friendly wise no we're just like oh yeah i know who he is you know like we played shows together you know blah 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 well he is like best friends with one of my really good friends blake and blake and justin were living together and so i went over there one day and recorded um uh, vocals for terms of trepidation and it was and i had a really good time and i really enjoyed it because that was before i had that really bad throat infection and um unfortunately since i had that throat infection i have never been able to sound like i used to because if you listen to the cosmic dissonance ep and you listen to the song tombs of trepidation the tombs i'm sorry tombs of trepidation compared to the other songs my vocal performance is way more like it's, yeah. it's, it's much better and it's the vocal delivery sounds way better. Same with Zenith. If you listen to the song Zenith, like those two songs were recorded before I, I got my throat infection. Okay. Okay. And I unfortunately have never been able to sound like that anymore. As much as I've tried, the mm -hmm. closest I think I ever did was that Hathier show. And that's because I had like four weeks of practice, like in yeah. a row while I was coming down all those weekends. Yeah, I remember those were fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that was I was able to get my vocals like a little bit better, but it still wasn't as good as what it used to be. And it sucks. I mean, I remember I had a breathing test back in like I think it was like 2014. They did like some breathing test on me and they, they told me I had like some kind of like obstruction in my lungs or some shit like that. But I never heard anything about it after that. So who knows, dude? But I mean, and then, of course, you know, it was just Justin and I doing Zenith, you know, for a long time. And we did like really hardcore, you know, like DIY, like, dude, we were just messaging everybody like on Facebook and like, you know, this was when they have Facebook, they used to have a thing called like tag Tuesday and all the bands would tag each other and, and all that kind of crap. And like, I remember like the thing that really was cool for us was when, um, we got born of born of osiris uh shared us shared a song we did i think one of they shared kaleidoscopic i think and and we were just like oh shit my born of osiris shared our song dude like that was fucking sick and then you know rob had left fallujah and we hit him up and he wanted to do it and then you know josh we were going to get josh to drum for us too for a while but there's no way he, he could do both and yeah. you know you know my my prime focus is Aether, and we're like, oh, of, you know, of course, and that's that's your band, you know. So I was like, okay, we'll find somebody else. And, you know, we got hooked up with Luis, and then you know, started you know touring, and you know, but like I said, we didn't get to tour that, you know, we haven't, we never got to tour that much. But you know what? Like, I'm really humble and grateful yeah. for all the sick ass experiences I had, the good ones and the bad ones. You know, I mean, you can't have 
everybody has, you know, shitty experiences on the road. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, unfortunately, uh, the first nationwide tour we did, um, we were really stoked because we were going to be playing with Psychroptic and uh, Beyond Creation. And, and then we ended up hooking up with, you know, Rivers and Nile. But before that, you know, we went to the, and we were, we did some, um, cause this is when Justin, you know, was still in Faceless. And so we kind of did like a bunch of routing dates together up to that. You know, that Montebello that festival they do up in Montebello. Yeah. That big, okay. So Faceless was going to play that. And so we had some routing shows up there and, it was cool because we got to get in for free, even though we weren't in the face list, you know, we were with them. And so I got to see Zayo and terror and poison the well and some 41 and the used and under oath and cool. Cool. and dude, like I had goosebumps the whole time I saw poison the well and Zayo because I mean, you and I feel the same way about those two bands and I had never gotten to see either of those bands. And I actually have a picture of me and Dan from Zayo, and I, he look his eyes are like really squinty. And do you remember that the Doctor Doolittle movie? And there's that big fat lady, and her eyes are like this when she eats the the crab because she's allergic to him. That's how Dan looked. And I was like, "Dude, are you okay?" I, I, I asked him. I was like, "Dude, are you okay?" And he said, like, oh, "I'm really tired." So I mean, and I and like I felt bad for him because I don't think he wanted to take a picture of me, but I was just so stoked because yeah, 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 yeah. that was like my one of my big influences because like run fire bring rest i heard that when i was like 13 or 14 i was like dude how do you sound like that like yeah it sound like that and so seeing all these bands like and of course you know seeing the sum 41 was tight and seeing despised icon you know who's from montreal yeah. play like 30 minutes from montreal and hearing them you know speak all in french was really sick because that region nothing's in english all the signs are in french you know, and so it was kind of cool driving there, a little scary, uh, yeah. you know, but getting to see Under Oath and Cradle of Filth was awesome. You know, that was a really, that was really cool. Oh, and you know, after that, we hooked up with Psychroptic and Beyond Creation and we got down to Florida and uh, we were actually borrowing uh, one of Born of Osiris's old vans from uh, Lee. And and I think, I think it was Lee and Cameron's uh, old van. I'm not, I can't remember exactly. I know it was Lee's for sure because he had his motorcycle helmet in there. We like, we did like everything we could not to mess with his motorcycle helmet. I remember that shit. And the transmission went out. And this was in the summer, Fourth of July weekend in Florida, and it's like ninety-eight degrees and it's humid as fuck. All of the automotive places are closed because it's Fourth of July weekend, and we got stuck in this hotel for a week. Mm. And and yeah, and it was like a hundred bucks a night hotel. And cause we were waiting for this park to come in for the, the van. And I remember my parents paid for a night. Uh, I remember, I think, uh, I know Travis, uh, metal, metal blade records, Travis freaking sent us, you know, money for a room and a bunch of people sent us money for rooms. And that was really, 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 it was really cool. I remember all that. That was all oh my God. Like that was like, really demoralizing like we were like fuck should we just fly home like yeah. we were missing out on all these shows and you know and it's gonna it was gonna get to a point where you know we were gonna have to be either booted or you yeah. know dropped off because we were missing too many shows and so luckily the park came in we did a 32 hour straight drive from orlando to phoenix holy shit i drove uh like eight or ten hours of that from the texas louisiana border all the way to like el paso i think or something yeah. Yeah, like and then I then Rob took over 
And we literally got to, it was Club Red in Mesa. And um, it was weird not seeing Griffin. That was kind of odd. I think that was the first time we went to Arizona and yeah. RIP, the yes. father, RIP, the father. For the father, father baby. That's right. Yeah. And it was really weird, you know, seeing all the apparitions guys and not him. So that was kind of odd. And yeah. um, in fact, I, I remember like I even said like, oh, our set goes out to him. Or I can't remember what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was cool, you know, and we got there like because it was going to be some bands. And then I think the local bands, uh, Alaska Ethos is the one of the local bands. there, like really cool guys. Um, then it was going to be us, Rivers um, and then uh, Beyond Creation. And I remember uh, Rivers guys were so cool. They were like, hey, we'll play before you guys so you guys can – because they asked us what time we were getting there. Like, hey, our ETA is this. And they're such sweethearts. Like, like, hey, we'll play before you guys. Yeah. And so, dude, I shit you not, we literally showed up to Club Club Red 15 – like – Five minutes after, like before Rivers was about to finish, I shit you not. Like, we drove like so Orlando to Phoenix, and we, <laughs> I shit you not, dude. Five minutes. I remember like I went in, I set up the merch, and then we played, and then we got done playing, and I went to the merch table, and we were. I mean, it was cool. Like that was that was really scary, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. I mean, driving 32 hours and then, oh, and then we were having, oh, to make, to insult, to add insult to injury, the battery started going out while we were driving. So we did not turn the van off for a whole 32 hours while we were driving. So when we filled up, we had to keep the, the van on because if we turned it off, holy shit, there's a chance it wouldn't um, start. We'd have to get a jump. You know, so after the show, you know, we called AAA and they came and gave us a new battery and yada, yada, yada. And they were like, the guy was like, dude, this battery's fucking dead, man. <laughs> like the AAA guys, this shit's dead. Yeah. And, you know, like that was a really, I mean, we had a good time, especially going up through Canada. Yeah. We were yeah. in Canada for like a week. Yeah. You know, and then we did, you know, we did that tour with, you know. Wait, hold on. Let, me, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. We are running out of time. Oh, yes. We rambled too much. Yes. We so did. it's Okay. I, instead of wrapping the show, we're just going to make this two parts. Okay. So this is just part one. Oh, okay. And so you and I will have another conversation in a couple days. Okay, sounds good. And that'll be part two. And then I'll do all my fun questions with you at the end of that. Okay, sounds that good. Because sound, I'm loving this episode. <laughs> I want to talk about like the first time we met. And I'm like, Bakersfield stories, blast from the past. Old. You've been to the show many of my shows. I have a lot I want to talk about. So let's wrap right there. Okay. We'll remember where we paused in the, in this story of the battery. Yeah, the the the, the club red show. Yes. yes, yes. I think it's a great segue. Okay. Hour and fifteen minutes worth of stuff for people to listen to. How many? Is there like a way you can see how many people are watching this? Or oh no no no, I we I pre-record these. Oh okay okay. So, yes, yeah, so I pre-record and then I, and then I release it. I release them every Tuesday. So oh, this will okay. be up Tuesday. Uh, it goes on like all the podcasting networks, and then I put it on YouTube for like the vlog aspect of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. But, so we will do a second part. We'll okay. figure out each other's schedule. It's not a big deal. Yes, we will. Um, and I, I have some other awesome guests lined up that are going to follow you like immediately, okay. uh, which okay. you'll be really excited about. Oh I, God! Okay. Yes. Yes. So, but uh, thank you for joining me. 
Of course, thank you, thank you for having me on, man. It's so, like I said, I know. Well, you'll be back. You're not going anywhere, motherfucker. You'll be back. Just remember. Right. Um, yeah, everybody, thanks for tuning in. I'll have links to the one remaining social media site Greg uses down below. <laughs> I'll try to dig up some links for his old bands for you guys to check out and shit. See what's, well, Greg and I'll figure out we're still online. Uh, this is part one with Greg Hampton. We will be back for part two. Greg, I fucking love you. This I love is, you too, man. It was, fuck, I'm so ready. I'm looking forward to part two, dude. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to what It's going to be good. It's going to be good, dude. Okay. It is going to be good. All right, everybody, you know, be sure to uh, hit the subscribe link down below if you're on YouTube. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, just keep on listening. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Greg and I will see you guys next week. We'll oh, yeah.